This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Glenn Beck, the Blaze Radio Network. Before I introduce you to our guest, I have to say something um, because it's critically important. People have been looking for the ugliest Christmas sweater, and holy cow, Stu has found it. Thank you. That is by far the ugliest Christmas sweater I have ever seen. That is so sweet. You didn't have to say that. That's uh, thank you so much. Did you try to go for that, or? Well, uh, it is the ugly. You, ugly sweater does kind of indicate that you would try to make it ugly. Um, so yeah, yes. but though, there's a point where it becomes a crime against humanity. Yes, I think and I've found I think that. Point. That is, uh, yeah, you have. It feels that. Sorry, uh, this, this from the guy with Jesus and Santa riding tandem on a bike. Are you um, kidding me? Are you telling me that Jesus serious? and Santa would not ride a bike together? Uh, no, they'd they be buddies. They don't need to ride a bike. They'd be buddies. Uh, well, one of them does. Forms of transportation. The fat man needs to maybe no, work doesn't. a little bit off. Yeah, no, you know what I'm saying. No, he doesn't. No, the fat man's got a plan. And he's he's got flying reindeer. But yeah. how much do you want to make a bet? How cool would it be to have a little bumper sticker on the back of the tandem that said, "My co-pilot is Jesus," <laughs> right there, <laughs> all in one sweater. You've okay. Some thinking about that. That's All right, good. I have. That's I good. have. Uh, Riaz Patel is um, with us. He is a uh, a gay Muslim. Um, what immigrant? else? What a, immigrant. Immigrant. Um, yep. Immigrant um, who has an adopted child with his husband. Uh, there's just not any more categories or boxes to check on you. Yes. Right. I have the full set. Right. You're it. You're yeah. all of it. Yeah. And uh, nobody in my life wants me to talk to you, and nobody in your life wants me wants you to talk to me. Or at least it was yeah. that way. What six eight months ago? Yeah, I had there were warnings. Warnings. People, there were people in my life were very concerned that this was some sort of a a trap to embarrass me, or for for people here to understand. It just it. Uh, there was skepticism on both sides. Didn't you reach out to us, or did we reach out to you? Uh, I had to talk to Tommy. And then they said we should we should talk. But at the idea of when I was coming to you, Glenn ah. Beck, yeah. the epicenter, the Prince of Darkness, is when the warnings <laughs> came out that right. I should be careful. Right. I should be. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the last time we saw each other in person, mm-hmm. um, you had this conversation with me, you know, before we hit the air that, uh, you know, you said, hey, let's let's keep in touch. And and I made some comment of, yeah, let's, you know, develop a friendship. And um, you said that wasn't working out real well. <laughs> for you no 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 you're you're a terrible friend i have to yeah. say i don't <laughs> right. know you literally disappear like a ghost and that's friendship right. so uh, someone has to teach you that there's actual right. constant communication there's checking in um that yeah, that's well, what friendship sort of become yeah we'll see but uh, just like you probably with us we didn't necessarily trust you so Agreed. i had people check in with you so people yes. were your friends yes right <laughs> people weren't my friends they were, your were friends. checking in with me. they're checking yes. in with you yes. okay but they weren't your friend no so when you went to um when you went to alaska no. tell me about that experience i think as someone who had had so many categories and labels applied to me yeah. that i did not feel were fair um i was starting to feel that kind of rage towards trump supporters 
And before the election, I didn't know who they were. I really didn't. They don't come across my path at all. And so I really was trying to figure out who these people are and what was their actual motives. You know how extraordinary that is? That's like nobody on the left does that. I mean, nobody on the I, right I don't know if anybody that. on the right does it much either, but certainly no one on the left because they're so insulated. They're so sure of of the way things are supposed to be that they don't reach out and check and see if they're right. You said yeah. to me yeah. before we went on mm-hmm. that you are seeing, uh, and, I'm, I, and I want you to know, I don't think, I think this should be universal. Agreed. I feel the same yeah. way uh, on the right many times. But you said on the left, you're seeing things in a whole different way. Your own friends. I'm, I'm surprised by the level of judgment. I think there is a sense among a lot of people that I talk to that they have a sense of what you all think, what you all feel. And it's in, painted in very broad, unindividualized paint strokes, which is what I don't like about myself when people talk to me. You're gay. I think I know who you are. You're a Muslim. I think I know what that is. And so it started to rub me the wrong way. Uh, just hearing it about someone else. And you and I sat down yeah. and we'd had a conversation yeah. and I'd made some conversation. I said, I don't know why white Christians are asking me X. And you said, well, why do you put us all in that category? And it really stuck with me. And I thought about that. I thought I'm a pretty open-minded fellow. Am I doing the exact same thing without knowing it? And so that was part of the impetus to go to Alaska is who are these people that I think I have absolutely nothing in common with. And you found... I have more in common... The funny, the common ground is the ground we're standing on. It literally is. There's so much commonality. So when I talk to people there and say, why are you voting? It's what's best for them and their family. Whether they've understood all the facts, whether their facts are skewed, whatever I could judge about that, they are voting for what is best for their family, as anyone is. And did you find any hate? No. I will say I have not. Not a long time. Did anybody in the mainstream media contact you? This was such a huge story in our audience. Did anybody in the mainstream media contact you? No. No. Did that surprise you? You know, it's funny. I sent the, because uh, the, the, I wrote it on election day, um, the day after election day. I looked around and saw everyone basically tearful and upset and thought, wait, there's another side to this. And it was based on the experience of in Alaska. And I had sent it to a bunch of news outlets and to you guys as well, because we'd had such a lovely chat. And as what has happened multiple times with you guys, you jump on the humanitarian story. And I don't see that as much in liberal media. And that's where I work. I mean, I'm based in L.A. as a producer. And to me, there's such a, well, what is the conflict in this? You know, what is, what is, and that's the culture that we have been seeped in that's for two years. That's not the culture that people are seeking. I agree. I agree. It's just not seeking it. No one will buy that story. Um, and it will stick out like a sore thumb, but that's not what people are looking for. Right I agree. Now. I think we're in unprecedented times. I do too. And I think people not just need to expect things to happen that are unprecedented, but they have to do things that are unprecedented for themselves. So I talked to Ted Koppel um, yesterday, spent about a half hour with Ted Koppel, and he was searching for an answer on fake news and what the problem is and how we bring people together. And I said, and, and I said to him, I said, so... Ted, there's, you know, we we have to have brave people on both sides. You know, I'm looking for the media that will say, wait a minute, fake news has been around since the dawn of time. Mm -hmm. You know, the town town crier was certainly given a plate of food by somebody and said, hey, push this a little. And a few glasses of ale. Right. So that's been happening forever. Um, And the stories on Benghazi 
the biggest fake news story of the last decade easily. But it wasn't labeled a fake news story. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't made into a huge, huge deal. That, that's, to me, that's um, impeachable for Hillary Clinton to knowingly say those things mm-hmm. um, and mislead people. It wasn't, you know, some people reported it, some people didn't. Now we're looking at fake news. And he said to me, this is the fastest of predictions ever been, ever been turned around on this show, I think. I said on Monday on television, somebody asked me, you know, why, what, what is the deal with the fake news? And I said, I believe that it is the news media seeing that they have lost control of the narrative. Mm-hmm. They realize, holy cow, we're going to be in the dustbin of history. This whole system that we set up no longer works. Nobody trusts us. So what do you do? You know it's a dying empire when somebody reaches out for protection from the government. Mm. And so if you make a fake news story, the, the next logical step is we need to license people. So Ted, I said that Monday, Ted Koppel said to me, Glenn, you know, uh, the Internet, people can just say whatever they want. Everybody's a journalist, but they're not. We need some sort of licensing to be able to make sure that you are a journalist. And just like we have a republic, not a democracy, because people aren't able to make rational decisions, we should have that in in the news media. Wow. And I said, Ted, you can't silence people's voices. This is a great thing. It's responsibility. And... I haven't seen on the on the right or the left anyone actually saying, wait a minute. Aren't we doing exactly what we accused the other side of doing? Yeah, because we are. We've just switched chairs. Yeah. And when you talk about licensing, then you're doing things that totalitarian regimes yes. in third world nations do. Yes. And that's a very, very slippery slope. Yes. Um, and so for me, there is this, the hypocrisy of open-mindedness, and I put in quotes, is driving me insane. That people who say they are informed do not know anything about the person who lives four blocks away. Mm-hmm. But I'm informed about the world. And so for me, I'm trying so hard to take these labels that encompass millions, if not billions of people... And say, okay, who is one representative of this? Let me meet someone. Go into their house. Meet their family. Sit down at the dinner table. And not necessarily the leaders. No. no. I I made all kinds of news. You know me well enough to know. Do you think I'm okay with Black Lives Matter, the manifesto writers, the one who say communism is neat, Mm -hmm. we need a blacks-only state? I mean, that's crazy talk. Mm -hmm. But the people who are in the street, I don't even think they know about the manifesto. Yeah. And they're not feeling heard. Those people need to be listened to. And I think at some point we started giving over all of responsibility of leadership, all responsibility for the country to, to anyone else but us. And I think we're now in a situation where who do we have left to blame? I mean, now we're going, it's obviously Russia's fault. And, and there are huge issues there. But when we have to take personal responsibility for ourselves, there's no one left to blame. Right. I mean, I've, I've, at the end of the day, my life is I'm responsible for myself and my family and my children. So, Riaz, is there a way? Because uh, Ted Koppel actually, yeah. actually said, you're too optimistic to me. You. 
my God, we're in a different world. Where <laughs> <laughs> your sweater is starting right. to be the norm. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> right. Thank you. So Lord. he said, you're, you're too optimistic. And I said, well, what, what, what are you driving at? And he said, Glenn, there's no way back. And I said, Ted, then where does that leave us? Forward. You go forward. And I think that's what I'm finding with people is the constant treading water of complaining allows people to feel like they're participating without actually making a change in their own life. And I think it is absolutely important. I think on a, even more so than ever before, on a very visceral level, we need to go and meet each other and talk to each other so that people who represent us can't speak for us and can't speak with hatred that doesn't, is not in our hearts. And so for me, the way you dehumanize, well, the way you humanize people is by getting to know them. Yes. And I think we've been dehumanized for so long. Oh, yeah. I am literally a collection of labels. I am a gay Muslim immigrant sitting on your couch. Somewhere in there, I'm Riaz. Somewhere in there is a personality. But, but in all of the past two years of campaigning, I have been nothing but a collection of labels. And right. I think beyond that is and we are, And we are too. Yes. Everybody oh, absolutely. is. We label and then fight the labels that are being given to us. Yeah. And yet we're still labeling. Back in just a second. Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It is Sherry's Berries. Christmas is almost here. You wouldn't be able to tell that from uh, Stu's very preppy colored, uh, odd, unsettling, almost, almost vomit. Literally, I mean this medically, almost vomit inducing. If, if <laughs> I feel like it looks like I axe murdered a cartoon family. Yeah. Isn't it? Yes. And it's just it like it's splattered all up on, right. on, on my... Right, right. Um, you are wildly optimistic, and I don't know if the first time we met you were. No, not as much. Okay. Not as much. Um, Ted Koppel was a pessimist, called me optimistic, and I'm not optimistic. I'm a catastrophist. Mm. Um and when we were talking before, you know, in the green room, you said, I, I feel really good. I think people are going to start coming together. Yeah. Show me the evidence of that. I think in I mean, my travels, going to Alaska and going to this place where I didn't know anyone and sitting at the diner with these third generation fishermen with whom I have nothing in right. common. So we have the same feeling. It's not going to come from any. No, it's going to come, gonna come from bottom the up. It's bottom not going to come top down. And yeah. I think we've been top down for too long. I don't mean just big government. I mean, as, a, as people, responsibility for our own lives gets pushed to someone else. It's someone else's fault. I'm charging things I can't afford. I think it's just, it's, it's someone else's fault when it goes wrong. And I think we are in unprecedented times. And to me, the way to find happiness and fulfillment is to search for personal points of inspiration. If you change what you're looking for, it'll change what you see. If I went to Alaska looking for people who are less educated than me, I would have found them. I would have found them and they were there, but that's not what I was looking for. And when I travel, I'm very clear at what am I looking for. And generally, I'm looking for something I haven't seen before. And I'm looking for optimism and I'm looking for hope. And it's everywhere. And I don't mean vague. I mean specific things that people are doing to transform themselves, their communities, their country. It's amazing. But at the global level, it's all catastrophe all the time. I mean, I'd be in a bunker if I listened to the news all day and believe them. I think there's real danger and then there's inflated danger. And when news started going on par with entertainment, the way to get you to turn your channel over to them was to make you afraid or scared or angry enough.
to watch that instead of Real Housewives. Don't you hate those people? But I can't. I, it's it's so horrible. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Yeah, when they started doing entertainment on news channels, yeah. oh boy, man. that those that people was the were. End. Well, that doing was the, the entertainment's end. fine, but sending the news as if it's entertainment or putting news in a form that's entertaining and by means scaring everyone around so that they tune in at six to know why yeah. they'll live till tomorrow. Right. Which is what all news is done. Right. News is now. Here's why you have to but watch. It's, you know, what's really, what's really fascinating to me is all of the people said, because I really do have an optimistic message. Look, I think things are headed for a very dark place. Mm-hmm. Historically speaking, I could prove that a hundred different ways. However, the minute we choose not to do it that way, we we live, we survive, we grow, we get better. We grow. Right. We grow, we expand, we try different Correct. ways. This didn't work, so let's Correct. try this way. You don't go into the front And door. as long as we have one another, there is no end of the possibilities. And if we turn on each other, we're doomed. You wrote on your, on your Twitter, you said, if they come and collect all the Muslims, then I am a Muslim. And I forwarded that, and I believe you. We've only met once. I believe you would do that, and I would do the same. Be- and if that happens, well, you'd have then to. what You're am I Muslim. afraid of? I have to. Well, I mean, if they go out for white people, right. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll give my best for you guys. Right. Um, but to me, it really is. I mean, I, don't, I think there are a lot of you. I don't know what you would need. Um, <laughs> Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645.